0: Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Hemp and CBD continued to reign as one of the top food and beverage trends at Natural Products Expo East in Baltimore last week, just as they did at the event's counterpart in Expo West last March. But also, just like at West, they were far from the only noteworthy trend. Other ingredients and themes that stood out on the show floor were creative uses for cauliflower, dairy-free frozen yogurts, and all things keto. In addition, a few trends that popped up on the retail side that likely will impact brands in the future, if not already, include a push to bring more brands that do good, as well as ones that already have a strong digital presence to store shelves. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, we explore each of these trends with help from brands operating the space and from the online platform RangeMe, which helps pair retailers with brands. Despite a murky regulatory landscape, hemp and CBD continue to steal the limelight at Expo East, where there was even a dedicated and age-restricted pavilion for brands offering products with the ingredients. The current enthusiasm for hemp and CBD tracks back in part to the passage of the most recent Farm Bill in 2018, which legalized commercial production of hemp, which also cracked open the door for a more robust production of crop as long as other state and federal barriers were cleared first. But this isn't the only reason that brands and consumers have zeroed in on these two ingredients as hot things that they want in their products across categories. According to Ann Thompson, the vice president of the marketing for Manitoba Harvest, a major attraction for hemp is its nutritional profile and the synergies it brings with other trends, including plant-based, grain-free, and other emerging diets.
1: You think of hemp seeds as kind of the wild salmon of the plant world. So high in protein, so about double the protein of
2: uh, chia or
1: flaxseed. Twenty-five percent more omega three and six. So it's that like crazy combination of protein and omegas, and then the absence of some of the negatives. So like no known allergens to hemp, and also pretty low carb load. So for people who are looking to follow um, vegan diet, keto whole 30 those kind of things it's uh, hemp is a fabulous source of protein and healthy fat yeah so well what you can expect is actually on display down in our booth downstairs but what it is is we want to meet consumers where they are. And we know that there are only so many people in the world who are gonna figure out how to sprinkle hemp seeds on their salad, right? And so what it there really is the need for innovation in categories where consumers are already looking to upgrade. So in January, we launched um, granola, and it's a high, high protein from hemp granola, low in sugar, which is really that what's happening, consumers are turning their granola around and being like, whoa, this is a sugar bomb. Um, and so designing that. Um, and then we just launched the nutrition bars here in June, um, really celebrating hemp as the first ingredient um, and also grain free. We found that you know since hemp is naturally an oil seed, not a grain, to really celebrate that and not including any grain ingredients.
0: Manitoba Harvest also recently entered the CBD side of the business with a broad-spectrum hemp extract, which Thompson said consumers were asking for because they respect the company's 21-year history working with hemp and CBD and its strict standards for handling the ingredients. The trust that many consumers place in the brand has empowered it to also provide additional much-needed consumer education.
1: What we found is uh, incredible consumer curiosity, but very few brands were being radically honest with consumers about basically consumer interest being ahead of science. And I think it's our job as the trusted leader to acknowledge what's true and what's not true and what's still being discovered. Um, So that's a big part of our message. And even in the packaging choices we've made of being really explicit about the milligrams of CBD in a serving, whereas a lot of people will say, oh, you get this many milligrams of hemp extract." but you have no idea how much CBD is part of that hemp extract. Or even being explicit about serving sizes or um, inviting people to know their own bodies. So start kind of low and slow and work up and see how your body responds. Um, And so I think um, those kinds of basic messages um, have been really important um, for us as a brand.
0: While most of Manitoba Harvest's CBD products are labeled as dietary supplements, its CBD-infused protein powder is not. Thompson explained that the company's decision to include the ingredient in a food product, despite FDA officials repeatedly saying that CBD is not approved for use in food and beverage, comes down to the company's rigorous approach to testing and that it obtained a self-affirmed grass status for the ingredient.
1: So what we chose to do was for CBD Foods to go through the rigorous protocol of reviewing all of the literature out there and achieving self-affirmed grass status. Right? On so our protein powder, we are confident that that falls within FDA guidelines around safety, and so. No, it wasn't scary because we did the homework. One of the things, of course, whenever you buy CBD, any reputable company will have a QR code that links to the C of A or certificate of analysis for that batch of CBD. So it's, and, and if you were to go to a different canister, it might be a different certificate of analysis because it actually came from a different block. And there you can go in and you can see specifically all of the testing protocols that that batch has been through so both testing for uh, presence of cannabinoids and the percent of cbd or terpenes or flavonoids or other things but also the testing protocol around um, pesticides uh, and any kind of residual things that you might not want in your food Um, and so you know we we only sell the stuff that we are. We would put our certificates of analysis on the front page of the New York Times. We're so proud of them, you know, or front page of Food Navigator.
0: Not all food companies are as comfortable as Manitoba Harvest when it comes to working with CBD, but they are embracing hemp, which is solidly in play for foods. Among those companies is once again Nut Butters, which the company's marketing communications and PR manager, Gail Orr explained recently launched a sunflower hemp butter.
2: A lot of people are looking to consume more hemp because the hemp is naturally rich in vitamin E, is rich with omega threes. Um, so our sunflower butter is also rich in vitamin E, which is actually a difficult nutrient to get, like naturally found in in, in foods. So people get kind of a double bang for their. for their their bite with that one, because they get the the vitamin E from both the hemp and the sunflower, and then they also get the omega-3. So it's a really nice product. Hemp tends to be very earthy tasting, but sunflower butter has a very robust taste. So it kind of overpowers the earthy flavoring of the hemp. So people that taste it, they don't really taste the hemp in it. So it's it's really nice for that. I actually like the taste of hemp, but some people find it to be a bit overpowering. So it's it's got a nice it's got a nice uh, mouth palate.
0: Or added that the company considered but rejected the idea of adding CBD to one of its nut or seed butters.
2: So right now, you cannot technically put CBD in food products. Um, so the you know the FDA um, has not allowed for that to happen. Um, we've, we've looked at that, but, um, you know, but from a legal standpoint, we can't, we can't produce that at this time. It's a, it's an actual dose that you take. And so how do you regulate how much butter someone eats? Right. So if we're putting a dosage into food, now it can be some, it can become something that, you know, someone consumes too much of, you know, um, even too much of a good thing might not be such a great thing.
0: Controversy aside, Manitoba Harvest's Thompson predicts that current frenzy surrounding both of these ingredients is just beginning, and demand for both will continue to grow.
1: I think CBD as a thing seems to have come out of nowhere, but the overarching trend that it um, that is undergirding it has actually been simmering for quite a long time. And that's basically, I think consumers feeling largely like the medical model for health and wellness has failed them. And um, whether that's presence of opioid addiction problems or even obesity or other things. And and people are at an inflection point where they want to take control over their own health and wellness. And and when I say wellness, I just read a study that actually... um, Um, anxiety or issues around just not feeling well or the busy mind has actually overcome um, uh, weight management as the most prominent concern for Americans today. And so you can see any kind of something that would help with mood. Great job. um, Thank you. um, Would be... Absolutely within the zeitgeist of what people are really looking for. So, I have a hunch that CBD is going to stand the test of time because it really taps into these basic needs of people looking to manage, um, you know, pain and inflammation, healthy sleep cycles and that quieting, that busy mind. Um, I I think not every company you see here is gonna stand the test of time, because I don't know that everybody's doing it right, but I, I don't see this as a flash in the pan because I think there's such a deep need in our culture and society. Hemp has existed since the beginning of time, right? I think it's just the beginning for hemp. I mean, I think it's so exciting that our country is really like throwing off the, um, the the stigma, and and quite honestly, hemp food because of how far ahead Canada wasn't. That's it's just the tip of the iceberg. I think for the plant. Um, so first of all, hemp foods. You know, we did the same thing we did for CBD, but actually went directly to the FDA. I don't know if you know this. So all of our hemp food is actually gone through grass certification and. we've We received back the verdict of no comment from the FDA. And quite honestly, one of the reasons we did that was because we want big food manufacturers to be able to start using hemp. And so I think we're just at the beginning for hemp food. But I think as you look at hemp fiber and hempcrete and um, developing more sustainable alternatives, um, we're, we're just at the beginning.
0: Almost as prolific as CBD and hemp at Expo East were keto claims on products across all categories. But one of the more surprising places to see the claim was on bread, which on the surface appears to be the antithesis of the low-carb, high-fat, high-protein ketogenic diet. But the founder of the startup UnBun, Gus Klimos, found a way to make better-for-you breads that were certified keto, paleo, grain-free, and gluten-free but also behave and taste like their traditional flour-based counterpart. He explained that after years of eating hamburgers on lettuce buns, he began experimenting in his kitchen to see if he could create a bun that fit his lifestyle, which leaned heavily towards keto, paleo, grain-free, and other low-glycemic foods. After tinkering with the recipe for a year, Klimos said he went to a local burger joint to see if it would be interested in his buns and after eating one bun, the manager placed an order for a thousand more, and those sold out in just three or four days. At this point, Klimo said he was simply offering the buns as a better-for-you version of bread. But as his business started to grow, he quickly realized that attaching consumer-friendly descriptors to his bread could help take sales to the next level.
3: If I say, hey, this is delicious bread, you're not gonna listen to me. But if I say, hey, this is delicious bread that's keto, it's paleo, it's gluten-free, it's grain-free, it's kosher, you're you're gonna listen to me and probably try it. So, um, ultimately, you know, we want to make better-for-you delicious products and it happens to be that, like what I believe to be the better-for-you is uh, grain-free, keto-friendly when possible, and uh, as well as including some plant-based products, right? So that, those are kind of the the three areas that we're concentrating on now.
0: This strategy seems to be working given the young brand's rapid
2: growth.
3: We increased our footprint 20 times in eight months (laughs) and um, you know, we're launching at Burgerim, which is a um, 200 location uh, premium burger uh, chain in the States and uh, so there's 80 in California, 40 in Texas and the rest are kind of scattered throughout the U.S. and so based on the success of what we've done in Canada where we have, you know, the largest sub chain there that just launched on Monday and they sold out a product, Uh, they bought a month of inventory and sold out in two days.
0: Another popular ingredient that popped up in products launching or showcasing at Expo East was cauliflower, which showed up across categories in various formats. For example, the veggie is the base for baby food company Little Gourmet's new organic coconut cauliflower mash, Lily's keto cauliflower hummus, real food from the ground up's crunchy cauliflower stalks and savory chips, Veggie cauliflower spaghetti, and others. Lauren Archibald, who's the marketing manager for Hippie Snacks, which uses the veggie as the base for its cauliflower crisps, shares what makes the cruciferous so appealing.
4: What really sets them apart is the fact that we use real cauliflower as the first ingredient. So we try to do as few steps as possible in our manufacturing process. So we're actually taking whole heads of fresh cauliflower and grinding them up with other super clean real food ingredients, all of which you can pronounce, um, at a production facility just outside of Vancouver, Canada. And the cauliflower snacks, they're all non-GMO and they pack five grams of protein into each serving. Available in two flavors our original and classic ranch. So yeah, they're really a great healthy snack on their own or great to use as a dip or eating with cheese. They're my new staple at happy hours with friends. <laughs>
0: Whenever an ingredient like cauliflower hits it big, there will be companies that include only a smattering of it in their recipe, just so they can call it out on their packaging. But this is not the case for Hippie Snacks, which Archibald proudly explains uses real cauliflower as the first ingredient.
4: Because cauliflower is definitely having its moment right now. Just right now, there's the rise of so many low-carb diets, paleo, keto, and they're always people are always looking for carb alternatives that are not using grains or starches and so cauliflower is a really great substitute for that because it has such great structure and substance and also taste so for us we're really trying to build off that delicious roasted cauliflower taste fresh out of the oven Um, but yeah and then it also pairs well with other flavors so it's just it has good substance to it and yeah, has way less carbs for all the alternative diets out there nowadays, which, yeah, there's always more and more popping up. So cauliflower is also really high in, far, in fiber. So that's another great, great thing there. And, yeah, it's actually, yeah, just a, ta- a tasty vegetable. Although I don't love it raw on itself as much, but cooked, there's so many different ways that you can use it from pizza crust to rice to crisps and kind of everything in between right now.
0: Cauliflower's rise also is being fueled by the larger plant-based macro trend, which was prominent at Expo East as it has been at most major shows for the past few years. But within this larger trend were advances in the frozen dessert segment. New entrants in the space offered soft, indulgent alternatives to ice cream, which is a far cry from some of the earlier entrants in the category that tended to be icy and difficult to scoop. One of the notable newcomers to the space is Oh My Dairy-Free Gelato, which company co-founder Julie Bishop described as a dessert designed to be savored and shared, rather than devoured a pint at a time. What I think
5: makes us different is that that creamy texture and not being afraid of having a full fat product. Um, What we believe is that... You know, we're kind of the opposite of, of taking a whole pint and eating the whole pint by yourself. We want it to be enjoyed together. We, we don't want people to eat the whole pint of our ice cream by themselves. And with that full fat experience, it's very uh, satiating. And you don't need to eat the whole pint to feel like you ate something. And honestly, like, that's not a really good way to go about your diet is to eat the whole, you know, the whole pint. So, you know, not judging anybody, but... We really just wanted it to be a very um, satisfying dessert, and to make it feel like you have eaten something. So we're different in that our, our fat content is higher. Um, we are using cane sugar as our sweetener. So some of the other competitors, you're going to find things like agave, um, maybe some alternative sweeteners in there. Uh, we just felt like cane sugar is is a great ingredient to work with. It's um, you have no issues masking a taste because it, you know, kind of blends right in and it it works well in our formulation.
0: The brand also stands apart from other plant based competitors because of its clean ingredient deck and allergy friendly positioning, which Julie says reinforces the brand's emphasis on sharing.
5: Uh, every product has no more than five to seven, nine ingredients, depending on which skew it is. And we, we worked very hard to keep it simple and allergy friendly. So we're free from the eight major allergens, with the exception of coconut, uh, but that's not super common. Um, and it's very appealing to families who have different dietary needs, whether someone has a food allergy or a a lactose intolerance situation or maybe a vegan in the family, uh, we're kind of meeting all of those needs. Someone who's a flexitarian, who uh, is more plant-based forward but will have meat and dairy on occasion, we're very appealing to them because we are very much like ice cream. Our texture is very creamy, uh, the flavors come through in such a great way and and we hear from consumers all the time they're just so happy to finally have a dairy-free, creamy dessert
0: that the whole family can enjoy. Stepping back from category or product-specific trends, an emerging macro trend that likely will touch all food and beverage players in the near future is the rising demand among retail buyers for brands, both new and established, to have a strong digital presence. Brandon Liang, the Vice President of Marketing and Growth at the online sourcing platform RangeMe, explained that retail buyers increasingly are evaluating brands' online marketing strategy when deciding whether to stock them on store shelves.
6: The biggest trend moving right now, and it, it, it's not necessarily in any specific space, but it's with brands in general, is it's digital. So, you know, in the past year, brands are starting to finally realize, but like both established and young, that if they don't go digital, if they don't have a digital presence, if they're, not marketing, uh, if they're not marketing outside of physical marketing, if they're not scaling what they do, scaling their message, scaling their story, they're going to find it very difficult, one, to, to continue penetrating the market that they're in, and then, two, being able to get the attention of the people that you know, they want to, like buyers, because right? retailers want to see that. Retailers need to see that you're doing marketing because it helps them sell this through. Because if you think about a product going into retail, right, this is aside from D- D- DTC, this is just straight getting on shelf. They ha- a buyer has to sell it in one internally and then two to their customers, right? If you're not ready to do that on your own, right, they're not going a- to be able to take that on.
0: He also notes that retailers increasingly are looking to stock brands and companies that are, quote, doing good.
6: A lot of our retail partners are starting to talk about this, get more involved with it, but Brands with Heart, Brands with Purpose, things like that have been very, very important. Right, You're starting to see it across the board, not just with retailers, but with other organizations as well that, that cater to retailers. Um, ECRM, for example, they're a, our parent company. Um, they have an entire Brands with Purpose session now. I mean, it's just focused on brands with purpose because retailers are asking for it, right? And as retailers ask for it, you know they drive a lot of what happens in the the industry. These retail buyers have that much power. These retailers are like, okay, now there's enough innovation for me to run something. Like 7-Eleven is running a brands with heart thing. I mean, that's really cool. Like, this is something that more and more retailers are catching on with. More and more retailers want brands with a story, brands with a purpose, and brands that resonate with a growing number of younger millennials and Gen Zs.
0: Well, this is just a sampling of the many trends and noteworthy finds at Expo East, I'm afraid it's all we have time for for today. But I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.